Will you pray with me this morning? Most gracious and eternal God, we are so grateful to you for your goodness, for your mercy. We couldn't pay you enough. The only thing we can do is give you our lives. And we recognize that even our lives are wretched and undone, but you thought enough about us that you died for us. Which gives tremendous value to our lives. It's in you that we live, move, and have our being. You are good. Your mercy is everlasting. Your truth endures to all generations. Thank you for your goodness toward us. And as we look into your word this morning, we pray that we will behold wonders from your truth, that we may hear your truth, that we may understand and comprehend the truth of your word, but most importantly, that we may receive with meekness your word, which is able to save our souls. Hide us now behind your cross. We would see Jesus. We need to hear from you. We commit this time to you. Use it for your glory. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory for this divine, magnificent, majestic, matchless name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus we pray. All believers say amen. Amen. Psalms for the pandemic. If you would take your copy of God's word and turn with me to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Psalm 46. And we've been here for the last two weeks. And we will conclude this song today. Psalm 46. And I'm going to read this entirety. If you will stand with me. Whether you are present or even if you're not, if you're at home, stand with us out of reverence for God's word if you're able. Psalm 46, begin with verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and fall. Though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. The holy habitation of the Most High, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our fortress, Elah. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
This morning we focus in at verse 8 through verse 11. The Bible says, Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Elijah. Don't panic. Don't panic. We've been using this subject for the last three weeks, two weeks. Because we know that we are living in a time when many people are panicking. It's a time that we've never seen before. It's a period that none of us could have envisioned or predicted. Who would ever thought that in October we would be meeting outside, not because of choice, but because of COVID-19, coronavirus. Who would have thought that even while meeting outside, we would be distancing ourselves and making sure that we maintain our personal spaces, not because we are introverted, but because we need to be safe. Who would have thought that we would be wearing masks or that Alabama and Georgia played a football game and the stadium not be sold out? But we are living in an unprecedented time, a time that we did not covet. And whenever catching you off guard, it's very easy for us to naturally begin to panic. But Psalm 46 reminds us that if we have placed our faith in God, what may come our way, regardless of what we may be going through, you and I should not panic because God is always in control. God is always in charge. He still sits high and he still looks low and what we are going through right now may have caught us off guard but they did not catch God off guard. He's so sovereign that whatever happens has to go through his permissive will. I was watching the game last night and my brother called me. It was right around halftime, right before halftime. He and some friends were watching the game and I was saying, Alabama's defense is just hard. We can't out anybody. They just running through us like water. And he said, D, calm down. It's Alabama. We're a second half team. And 
I left, came here, did some preparations for tomorrow, and started to watch the second half. And I realized David Frederick knew what he was talking about. Maybe I should not have been too bent out of shape, even though what I was saying was a reality. It was true in the moment, but it was not the whole story. There was still a second half that was yet to be played. He basically was saying to me, calm down. Watch the game until it's done. Now, before you Auburn fans think I'm trying to say something, I'm simply trying to set up a theological point this morning. This is what Psalm 46 and verses 9, 8 through 11 tells us. It tells us that no matter what we are looking at, no matter what we see, no matter what we are confronted by, no matter how this the plight may seem, calm down, the story is not over yet. Bible makes it plain to us this morning that you and I don't have to panic because we can trust in God's divine purposes. God's divine purposes. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God who does not do anything haphazardly. That he's never caught off guard. He's never coming up with a plan B. Because God's plan A will accomplish whatever God wills for it to accomplish. He does not have to make mid-game adjustments. He has to begin those beginning to the end. And what I must do is learn how to just sit there and watch God's purposes unfold and understand that God's purposes is greater than my pain and is greater than my temporary inconvenience. I can trust the purpose of God. God has a purpose for everything you go through. You may not understand it in the moment. And it may not feel in the moment. And you may even get discouraged in the moment. But know that everything that you and I go through, God has a purpose for it. God is going to use it for our good and God is going to use it for his glory. And let me tell you something, even when you have placed yourself in a bad predicament, God has a purpose even for your mistakes and your misjudgment. God has a purpose for everything that you go through and he's going to use it for your good and his glory. So the Bible says, calm down, don't panic. Trust God's purposes. And what the Bible says is three things in verses 8 through 11, and we'll go home. First, it says, trust God's purposes by recalling God's work in the past. Recalling God's work in the past. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has passed it, brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease. 
the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spears. He burns the chariots with fire. It says, come look what God has done. When he says, what you realize when you reflect on what God has done, you will understand that you serve a God who always wins. Do I have a witness this morning? That we serve a God who always wins. Even when the devil thinks that he is in the head of the game, even when the devil thinks he has the upper hand, we serve a God who always wins. The old church said it this way, he's a captain that's never lost a battle. He always wins. He always wins. And, 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 and when God wins, he makes it so that there is no um, inconclusive evidence about it. He makes it so that everybody knows that he has won. He makes it so that your enemies know that he has won. He makes it so that you know he has won. And God does it in such a way that when God wins the victory, everybody looks back and says, if it had not been for the Lord, on our side, where would we be? God wins victory so conclusively that everybody has to turn around and say, the Lord did that. Somebody know what I'm talking about this morning. You had some experiences where you came out on top in your life. But when you look back over your life right now and you see the victories that you're shouting about this morning, you look back and you say, it was nobody but the Lord. It was not my education. It was not my prestige. It was not connections. It was not my money. It was not my career. It was not my portfolio. It was not my who I know. It was not the who's who of society. It was nobody but the Lord that brought me through. It was nobody but the Lord that kept me over that mountain. Nobody but the Lord that got me through that trial. God says, come behold the works of the Lord. What does it look like, Psalm? He says, he brings desolation on the earth. That means the battlefield is completely destroyed. But God doesn't just beat the enemy. Look what the Bible says. God also makes it so that the war is over. See, I, I love this. Because, um, I shout about battles. But when God wins the victory, he does not just win the battle. He is the war. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but you really do. You just don't recognize it. See, there are some battles that you've been fighting or you have fought. And you won that battle, but then the next thing you you end up having to fight the same battle. Because you won the battle, but you did not win the war. But when God gives you victory, God does not only win your battle, but God will end the war. If you don't believe me, come here, children of Israel, because tabernacle act like they don't feel me on The Bible says that told at the Red Sea, those enemies that you seek today, you never see them again. And somebody knows what I'm talking about, that God gives you such a conclusive victory that the enemies that was once on your 
again. God wins the battles. He is the war. But that ain't all he does. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says that he will break the bow, shatter the spear, burn the chariots with fire. God wins the battle wins the war over your enemies but then God takes the weaponry that was used to bring about your and God literally dismantles the weapons that was formed to use against you I'm like y'all don't make me preach this hard this morning but that God is saying no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But the reason why is that God does not only destroy the enemy, God destroys the weaponry and the schemes of the enemy to the he takes the enemy's weapons that were formed to bring about your demise and he demolishes them. God says, so if you know that's my purpose, calm down. Look at the battles that I've already won. I believe that this psalmist is probably thinking about the Maybe he's thinking about the battle of Jericho. When the Jericho walls came tumbling down, maybe he's thinking about the times when uh, uh, Sennacherib came up with the seeds of Assyrian against Hezekiah. And Hezekiah began to pray. And the Lord tells Hezekiah, this battle does not belong to me, you. This battle belongs to the Lord. And when Hezekiah and Israel got down to the battlefield and they were singing on their way to battle, when they arrived there, all of the enemies had been killed. God is showing us, brothers and sisters, that we don't have to panic because God's purposes always gives him the victory. Two, not only do we see all what God's done in the past, after you do that, relax. The Bible says, be still, be still, be still. This, this is uh, God saying, chill out. In fact, in a more poignant way, this is God saying, shut up. Be still. Calm down. You remember when the children of Israel were at the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was behind them and the folks start mumbling? They start talking. We could have stayed in Egypt. Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Why he put us way out here to die like this? Um, we had it better in Egypt. Now notice, you've been crying out for 400 years for God to deliver you. And when you get in a situation difficult, you make it seem like that what you came out of is better than what you're in right now. 
Sounds crazy, don't it? Sounds crazy to ask God to deliver you from slavery. When God does, as soon as you see a little trouble, you start acting like you want to go back to where you came from. I know. But before we talk about them, think about us. We have a tendency, a proclivity to talk too much when we are facing a difficult situation. Talk too much when things ain't going our way. Get all up in our feelings and start running our mouths. And what we need to learn is when you are facing a difficult situation that may be causing you to pay, you need to shut up. Uh, I'm not being rude this morning. This is what God says. Be still. Hush. If you believe it, think about when Jesus comes out on that deck. And there's a raging water and a storm is raging. And Jesus comes out of the east to the wind. I got Bible reading. What does he say to the wind? He says, peace, be still. What God does in that moment is he steps out on that boat and talks to the wind and says, shut God is telling us when we're panicking, before you start, to talk about what you going to do. And before you start doubting God, before you start giving up on God, I, I paid my time and I've been coming to church and I've been doing all this and after I've paid my time and I've been coming to church and I've been serving, this is what I get, Lord. Shut up! I've been working two jobs and my bill still ain't being paid and ain't nobody helping me. And you sit up there about to get your head great, lose the hat you got, and God is saying, why don't you just sit down and shut up? Because you can talk yourself out of a blessing. Preach, Pastor, I'm trying my best. You can talk yourself out of a way that God has already prepared for you. You can talk yourself into having a moment on what God already predestined for your life. You can mess up a setup if you don't learn how to shut up. Be still. Calm down. Relax. I, I believe I can go back and watch that game now. At halftime, I'm saying, George, this coat, 14-7, I wouldn't say anything. And they, they got 20-7, I wouldn't have said anything. I, the defense could have gave up another deep act. I wouldn't have said anything. Why? Because I know how it's going to end. And when you know how it's going to end, you know how to hold your peace while you're in the middle of it. And all I'm saying to you this morning is if you trust God's purposes, don't let your mouth get in the way of what God is doing in your 
says, chill out. Relax. Really chill out. Trust me. Relax. I still got everything under control. Which brings me to my last point. I see y'all shielding your son. I'm about to let you go home. The Bible says, so be still, relax, and three, recognize. Know that I am God. Be still, relax, and recognize who I am. I am God. I love this because in verse 10 is truly the only place where God speaks in the song. The writer is writing in verses 1 through 9 and verse 11. But in verse 10, God speaks. And he says, be quiet and know that I am God. Recognize who I am. It's, it's sad that sometimes God has to let it get dark in our lives for us to realize who's really in charge. It is sad that God has to allow the bottom to fall out before we come to our senses and recognize we're not the captain of our fate. It, 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 it's oftentimes only against the darkness that we truly recognize who God is. I thought I had some help this morning. But y'all ain't saying nothing. Because we don't like to acknowledge that captain stuff. We won't act like, no, I know who God is. Even when things go well in my life, I, I, I know I ain't in charge, really. You ain't never slipped off into a place of ignorance. Or you ain't never slipped into uh, a, a stupid moment. I know that sounded a little offensive, but I had to say it to get your attention. Because there's a difference between ignorance and stupid. Ignorance means I don't know. Stupid means I know and I still do. And if the truth be told, we, I'm sorry, not we, me, I slip off into stupid moments where I know God is God and I know God is in control. But in that moment, I slip off and start to think that Dion has it and Dion got everything under control and Dion knows exactly he's going to do himself out of this situation and it's in that moment where I slip off into stupidity that God shows up and reminds me who's really sovereign reminds me that he's God 
And that's all going on right now. God is reminding us that he's God. He's reminding us you can act like you can't see it all you want to. Go ahead. You know, don't let COVID dominate your life. It ain't COVID. It ain't COVID controlling nothing. What you better realize is God has the power to dominate your life. God has the power to control your life. And here's what happens. God would say, you know, you can brag about the stock market and I let it crash. You can brag about all your money and I have you send a $1,200 check to folks that you never would have gave any money to. God says you can brag about all of the economic things and I know how to shut it down and put you in your house for four or five months. All you can do is sit there. And if you don't want to wait it out, if you think you're in charge, go ahead, have your football season, and I will let the games be postponed. Have your NFL, your football season in the NFL and in the NCAA, and I will have a whole team become sick to the point where after you say you want to pack a stadium, I remind you that I am still God. God has a way of reminding you who's really in charge. He says, be still and know I am God. Be still and know that I'm in charge. Be still and know that you are not sovereign. Be still and know that you don't have the capacity to do what you want to do. Be still and know that I still sit high and I still look low. Be still and know that I'm still in complete control. Be still and know that I'm able to sprain your life to a screeching halt. Be still and know that I can change your holiday plans. I can change your vacations. I can have you save my other money and you can't spend it. God says, be still and know. I am, I am God. And he says, one other thing. But I will be exalted. I will be exalted. It's amazing how God can be exalted when things aren't going well. God says, in the midst of the difficulties, I will be exalted. In the midst of the I will be exalted. Well, how is God going to be exalted? Because when God brings us low, we recognize how high he is. When God humbles us, we recognize how holy he is. When God um, compensates our schedules, we recognize how he is really in complete control. 
God says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I close this morning by saying to us, church, God is exalted by bringing nations into their rightful places. God is exalted by showing uh, presidents and potentates that there is a power that's higher than their executive power. God is exalted by showing us you can spend millions and still don't win the war. God is exalted by letting us get the and then showing us that the job is still not enough to supply all your needs. God is exalted by bringing us low. But then God brings us low so that we can look up and recognize who he is. And not only do we look up and recognize who he is. But God is exalted because when we look up and we recognize who he is, it causes us to lift our voices and start to praise his name. Yes, Lord, done this morning to have friends, but uh, I want to suggest to you this morning that uh, God is showing us uh, through COVID-19 and through the difficulties of this pandemic that uh, he is worthy of uh, all uh, of our praise. Uh, do I have any help in him? Uh, Says, uh, but when I came low uh, and in my lowest point, uh, when I lost everything that I had, uh, and when I lost uh, ten of my children, all uh, oh, I could say uh, in the midst of that low moment uh, was the Lord gives uh, and the Lord takes away. Uh, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Is there anybody that's listening to me this morning that can testify that when you were down and when you were low and when you didn't know what way to turn, all you could do was lift up your hands and say, Hallelujah, hallelujah, anyhow. Hallelujah now in the midst of my tears. Hallelujah now in the midst of my frustrations. And I learned how to give God praise in the midst of my pain. I learned how to shout while I was suffering. I've learned how to lift my heart even when it's broken. I've learned 
that when times get hard, all I can do is lift my hands and say hallelujah. Is there anybody that's listening to me this morning that can testify that in the midst of COVID, your praise has gotten more sincere. In the midst of COVID, your hallelujah has gotten more real. In the midst of COVID, you learned how to shout and you learn how to lead and depend oh Jesus I gotta get out of here but the Bible says that the Lord be exalted turn over to Psalm 47 the Bible shows us that after we've been still and we've seen God's glory after we've been still and we recognize that he is God after we've been still and watch God carry us through it after we've been still and let the Lord be God the Bible says in Psalm 47 and verse one shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm done, Tab. It's good to see y'all. I had saw you in a long time, but why don't you clap your hands, oh you people? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Some of y'all ain't moved yet. Why don't you clap your hands? All you people are out to God with a voice of triumph. Any old writer, won't you do it? Shout yeah, out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't panic. Trust God. Trust his purposes. He will win. But while he's winning, he said, be still. Be quiet. Shut up. Let me do what I'm doing. Calm down and recognize I'm God. And I will be exalted. I will bring those who are arrogant and halted. Those who think that they're untouchable. I will bring them to their knees. And then bring them to their knees. I will exalt myself. in all the earth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Someone they need to make a step of faith this morning.